0: Welcome to the Reading Aloud Podcast.
1: A place where the creative, emotional, and hilarious aspects of relationship communication are explored in real time
0: by a real couple. That's us. And
1: a baby. (laughs) Enjoy. I have found that recording a podcast is a lot like sex.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: Because... When you have the inspiration, when you're in the mood, you got to jump on it. Jump on it. <laughs> because if you don't, it ain't going to happen.
0: Okay. Yeah. You can't force I, it. I see that analogy. Sounds sounds about right.
1: Can't force it. Anything else you want to say about sex?
0: Um, no means no.
1: Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I wanted to talk today. I had I have a question for you.
0: These are enormous matches, by the way. Where do you get things like this? I mean... It's it's for lighting big candles.
1: Yeah, seven yeah. day candles. Got it. Got to get to okay. the bottom.
0: Got it. I was just saying, if it, like you have a lot of birthday candles to light, <laughs> and you, you know, you can...
1: It kind of once it passes the what do you call the matchy match part.
0: Uh, the. The wick? No, that's like a lighter. um No, wick is in in the candle. The wick is in the candle. The yeah, the the red part. Yeah, the, the red part. Or the with black the, part. The, the, the striker. The striker. No, the striker is the it, thing on the side that you strike mm, it on. This is uh, sure the. I bet. I bet everybody out
1: there is like, it's the such and such. It's you the, idiot. It's the
0: the tip the tip speaking
1: of sex so anyways the you light the tip and (laughs) then all of a sudden it starts like a massive fire down the rest of the stick like if you let it go yeah because
0: this thing's like a you know yeah super super flat it's like a you know branch of a tree here
1: all right i have a question for you what's that how many times and maybe you're going to say a day? Um, what?
0: <laughs> you're just, I mean, I love your questions. Yeah, go. How what, many times? What do you think the question I have no idea. What do you love about minute. it? Because when you say something like how many times, like I literally, it could literally be anything. <laughs> it could literally be anything. And it's probably something like very vulnerable or very just like putting me on <laughs> the spot about something. Okay, go on. Go on. How many times? Have you thought... Have you worried about our baby dying? Um,
1: Probably like at least once a day. That's what I thought you were going to say. I think mine's been a total of two times since he was born.
0: Oh, really? Since he was born, you haven't worried about him dying?
1: I had one time when I put him down for a nap or something and I was either going to like jump in the shower or I walked into another room or something. And I was like, I just had the intrusive thought of like, I got to go back. I have to look. I have to make sure.
0: Uh Uh-huh. I think if you asked us before Neo was born, you would have been like...
1: I'm going to be thinking about it all the time. Constantly.
0: Yeah. So why do you, do you think you th- wouldn't do you have, think-
1: do you, What would have your answer
0: have been before? Probably I would have said around once a day because I'm the, a really good guess of the future.
1: The, re- the reason I ask is because as I was driving home, I thought about how you get really... Or the other day, at least, you got really freaked out that he was sleeping with his head tilted forward. Well, yeah. And you were like, he's dead.
0: Yeah. So, and, wait, here's here's the situation for all you um, folks out there in Radio Land. I, you know, I take Neo. Well, we, we share the duties. But on the days that, you know, I take Neo back and forth between child care and, you know, he usually, you know, fa- falls asleep in the car seat about as much as I'm sure any other kid would. And this day, I mean, he fell asleep, and it was the first time ever, never done this before, just hunched over. Like, you know, your father falls asleep in the chair after Thanksgiving dinner. You know, just that, like, completely neck broken, like, hanging over to the side and just was not responding. I was like, Neo, I even put my hand back there and kind of, like— jostled his head a little bit and he was just like boop, boop, you know just was not moving that's terrifying. And so yeah i got freaked out mm-hmm. like oh he was choking or something and you
1: pulled the car over yeah
0: I, I whipped into off the side of the road and uh and you know rushed out and like looked at him and i like he like sleepily woke up and was like man let me go back to bed and then we got back on the road and went home.
1: Yeah. I think it's interesting. I, so the topic I want to talk about today is rolls and traditional rolls versus non-traditional uh, rolls. When you said that, I thought about <laughs> like
0: baby rolls on his thighs. That's or, the first thing. That and the to
1: first thing mind. that comes to my mind is a dinner roll. Potato. You like a potato dinner oh, roll? Oh, I
0: love a potato dinner roll. Who is it? that Extra I think, slab of butter. Ooh,
1: there's somebody we know really well who doesn't. Is it my mom? No, she loves a potato roll. No, she
0: just doesn't like Christmas.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it's trudy.
0: <laughs> Go on. Go on. We'll tell that story another day. Go on. So roles, like roles within a relationship. Haven't Ro- we talked
1: about this before? N- n- parental
0: roles. Parental roles, got it.
1: Yeah, I want to talk about, like, mom and dad and what that means in society Mm. and what that means for us. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-oh. We're out of food.
0: We're out of food. Let's see. Is he satisfied? We'll know in three, two, one. Hi. So as you're breastfeeding him, I'll just note that that is not a role I can play. And I think that society... And I'm sure that most listeners would have an understanding of how society typically defines, or at least has traditionally defined, the roles of mother and father. Mother, the caretaker, the...
1: I think a simpler way of putting it is the mother is typically the constant.
0: Mm, mm-hmm. That's and a good
1: way. And that is not the case in our relationship. Oh, are you a happy baby? You know, that's not how it is. We're... Would you say that you're the constant? The mother's,
0: okay, so before you would say the mother's the constant and the father is the what?
1: Um, circumstantial. Got it. I like that.
0: The mother's the constant, the father is the circumstantial. Traditionally, that's how parental roles have defined themselves. Yeah. And how would you define our roles? Well, I'm curious how you would define them first in this stage of his life i would say that i have kind of been more of the constant and you have been the the bringer of joy
1: oh my
0: gosh no seriously no you hear me out though you
1: are i think i know where you're going with this but that just is like i mean that is the last thing i thought you would ever say
0: well i didn't say bringer of joy to me <laughs> <laughs>
1: No. I said bringer of jo- in terms
0: of Neo. I
1: don't know. I still don't know if I agree, but go ahead. But, I but hear. you,
0: okay, so I'm the constant. I'm the one. You're the day in, day out, and I'm the, and I'm the day one day that's day there out. for the fun,
1: is what exactly. you're saying. Exactly. I don't exactly. think I bring I, the
0: joy. I think yeah, I'm but you there. Bring,
1: I show up for the joy. I,
0: I, well, yeah, <laughs> but like I think, and you might, may or may not disagree, he laughs and smiles a lot more with you. You and him have a different relationship than we have. I I'm very like yeah I'm the constant I'm kind of the utilitarian like I'm right now sleeping in the same room as him working on like sleep training him to go through the night which we're almost there you know I typically kind of like take him to get him down for a nap or to like walk him around to settle him down for something. Well, I, um, I, so
1: pause real quick. I think yeah. it's important that we note you've been sleeping in the same room as him because it became apparent that the times when he was up were times that he there were many times that he was up that was not about food it was about like linking up his sleep cycles and really kind of working with him around self-soothing and you know using you as a tool to help him settle back down versus him needing to eat because there have been you know there were times especially back then where he was up every hour and that wasn't about needing food every hour it was about learning how to sleep comfortably through the night. And so if you if I'm the food person and you can do the that the bringer of joy. And you can do that um especially because w- what we decided and I'm just sharing this with everybody is that you know, it, it in some ways it's not a maternal. It's like I was too maternal for that role in a way, meaning I was waking up every time he breathed and so I would just sit there awake all through the night and you have a amazing ability to hear him when he is in need not when he's just breathing not when he's just grunting or farting but hear hear him when he's in need uh-huh. and and then wake up and tend to him and then go right back to sleep. But that my nervous system was wrecked by that experience. So that's yeah. when I left the room because I was literally getting zero
0: sleep. Right. Yeah. Could
1: not get into deep sleep. That's a great explanation. But so, you would think that, that but that's a role moms take on a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that's how we're doing it. So I, I think again, like the way I would describe our roles are I'm the constant because I've done all those things. And you're the bringer of joy because, again, you are really good playing with him. I bring him to you in the mornings to feed, and he just lights up. You uh, you do—see, uh, uh, he's really excited about this. You do bath time with him.
1: Can I say that's my favorite time in the world? Yeah. Because he's so chill. He's so
0: chill, and he loves bath time with his mom. And, like— that's just that's just our roles, and you know what, like that works for us.
1: Can we get to the deeper thing though? Because the, the sure, ask the, away. The who does what's I think is is maybe not unique, but maybe slightly different than the stereotypes and the norms in the world. Like I think we might be doing it slightly different. But what I think that I'd like to talk about even more, which is way, way deeper and more vulnerable, is the felt sense, like like kind of to the point of how often do you think about him dying? You know, I, I think I, I think I believed that as a mom, my maternal instinct would lead me to worry about him, to have some biological instinct to to just be hyper attuned to his life force. And instead, I find him to be really amazing, and I don't worry about him that much. I I'm tuned in to him but I'm tuned into a lot of other things too. I I don't have tunnel vision for him. And I thought as a mom, that would come with the with the territory. Do you
0: think that it has taught you about the ways that you relate to people? And here's what I mean by that, is that I think you are much more of a person who needs verbal communication, I'll say, to be able to relate. You've often said that, you know, you're very excited about developing your relationship with Neo when he starts talking.
1: I think that that's the best, kind of the best way to relate, that I relate to people. But as he's gotten older and can smile, those nonverbal communication cues that have gotten enhanced over the last few weeks are key, have been key. They've already made our relationship stronger. I, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: I have a deep, deep, deep... Caretaker, like I, I would literally give up anything to take care of him. He is gladly and joyfully my one hundred percent priority. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else that matters besides, like, kind of our relationship and connection. I mean, there's nothing else that matters more, and I feel the responsibility of that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I feel a deep purpose of responsibility for his health, well-being, safety, and happiness.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that that's sometimes the role that mom takes. Sure. And I I, I I, don't know. I think I'm a little bit afraid to be crucified here or judged, but not by you, um, you know, by people listening, because I've just had such a different experience. I thought it, he would come out, and I thought it would be this, like, instant all- all, like everything, all eyes on him, everything about him, nothing in the world, like everything else goes away, nothing else matters. This thing that I've heard described, like, you know, we fell in love immediately and then the world disappeared and it was just me and him. And that, you know, even people who experience postpartum depression, a lot of times, um, what I understand is a lot of times Everything else gets really difficult and dark, but the baby is the one light in that person's life. Uh,
0: yeah, I hear that. Uh-huh. And, yeah, uh huh. And I've heard that story.
1: Yeah. And that, that, so that, that, it's just them and the baby against the world in a way, no matter if you're feeling good or anxious or sad or, or what. But I, for me, I've just really wanted to keep a lot of my life, you know, not the same as it was because that's crazy. There's no such thing anymore. But I've just wanted to keep a lot more of my life than I thought. Like I even had a strong thought that I wouldn't want to go back to work. And oh, boy, did you were I
0: ready to go back to work? I think I started seeing it was clients. it was one of the best days that, you know, I mean, don't you think after I, he was born, I think for I sure saw, you were so happy.
1: Yeah, I think I saw a client two or three weeks after he was born.
0: Yeah, I think that's around the, the right time. Maybe a month, but yeah. And that close.
1: brought me a lot of joy. And that is something that I have continued to want to do. And my relationship with him is vastly improved because I go to work and we have time away from each other.
0: Yeah. I'm just not, like, I'm hearing more and more moms admit And you know it. what? Yeah, and that's that's what I was just about to say, is the fact that, like many things, where a patriarchal, White supremacist society has, like, defined these roles for people. People have been typically afraid, and I'm not necessarily calling people, like, uh, cowardly, but, like, it's just not necessarily socially acceptable for, say, a mom to say, I'm not really connecting with my kid right now. I'd rather work. And it's not socially acceptable for a dad to say... I really want to take on all of the parenting duties right now. You know, in either way. And so while we feel like you you might be unique in that feeling, I guarantee that you're not. Right? And I guarantee there are more people than we can even imagine who have felt that and who have probably struggled through those kind of things because they didn't feel the agency to make decisions that were in their best interest.
1: Well, and, and, you know, I think the truth is, is it's really, really hard to be a parent. It's harder than you could ever imagine. It's really, really, really a lot of work. And so it definitely works best when we're sharing the load. So it's been interesting at times when I feel like I just need to a break and you're like you know a, a couple of things that come to mind are like, one time when I left you him crying on his play mat and you were just like in his face entertaining him to the best of your ability he was probably like four or five weeks old and you he's crying and I'm like I, I got to get out of here, you know? And I was like, I'm going to go upstairs and shut myself in a room and take a bath. And I was like, are you okay? And you were like, I'm literally living my best life. And I was like, wow. And you said at one point you were like, there's some part of me that would just love to stay at home and like work, work from home and be a dad, a stay at home dad. And I was like, Oh my gosh that sounds terrible. (laughs) And I had a woman on a, on a parenting um, Marco Polo group say she was, she was needing to vent about some difficulty that she was having. And she said, I know I'm so lucky. Okay. You got to take him. (laughs) Also, I just know that you're going to know what to do with it. His, his like fussiness. So I had a mom say, I know I'm so lucky to have been able to stay at home with both my kids for like the first, like, I think she's been a stay at home mom for something like four, four, three or four years. Yeah. And I just was like, first of all, you're allowed to complain because you have a very difficult job. Secondly, your job sounds so difficult that I don't want that job. <laughs> like that doesn't feel lucky to me. That's not my version of luck.
0: Right, 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 right. You, you can't predict that, right? Like you can't right. predict it. You may think one thing or the other and then the baby comes and the, the process starts and you don't know if you're going to like that or not. I mean, we had some friends who recently had a baby. And conventional wisdom would say that they would be really good parents. But I think they've had a really difficult time. And I, I don't think they expected that because you, you don't really know. And it, when it comes down to it, being okay in uncertainty is a really for me, it's been a really key part of being comfortable parenting because you literally don't really know what's going on. You're just doing like navigating through the best you can. And I think that works for some people and it doesn't work for others. So, so
1: this is, I kind of want to wrap it up pretty soon because I think we're not, we got to make this a short one because we're trying to do this while bouncing a baby. Um, who's been a little bit fussy today, but I will say, (laughs) who's now boxing and dancing. And oh, this is that game where I say the thing before he does it. Oh, no, too much, Papa, too much. Um, But I really, you know, I really have learned a lot from you about that. I I, you know, as somebody who likes to be in control of her circumstances and surroundings and environment and just like gets a lot of comfort from familiarity, which even though I love a good adventure I still can get a little cranky when things are too unknown I I really have learned a lot from you around trusting that everything's going to be okay that this too shall pass that there's a rhythm and we just have to make it through each uncertain moment but I definitely thought I was a little bit more flexible and had a little more chill than I actually have
0: where do you want to go in the future with this
1: I think where I want to go with it now it's it's when I look at Neo and I think, because I think about myself in this process too, like, what do I need? What do you need? What does he need? And I'm not doing the the thing that I, I think I've been taught or told to do or that would have come so natural, which is stop thinking about myself, put myself out of the equation, and just think of him. And I'm really trying to stay focused on self care and thinking about myself. And I and I want you to do. I've been, you know, encouraging you to do the same. And but when I look at him, you know, despite difficulty, I had connecting maybe early, early on as I was healing, and he was just what what we call milk slug. Yeah, some people really get pissed about that term.
0: Well, let them get pissed. I think it's pretty. <laughs> accurate
1: right I I mean it was told to us and I was like that's it that's exactly what it is it's like there's nothing there's no reciprocation there's no no like connection other than just like
0: also it's a little bit humorous and if people don't necessarily see the humor in it that's fine and you know not everything we say people have to like that's that's okay
1: that's right and so you know I, I I look at him and I think Wait, where was I going with the milk slug thing? Uh,
0: you were saying uh, the more he's grown. You, you were saying back when he was like that, uh, but when then I was, the more he's grown. That,
1: yeah. that when I was having difficulty connecting with him and because, you know, it was just hard, hard, hard in the beginning, sleeplessness and he, trying to heal. I, I read a good meme that was like leaving the hospital after having a baby is like them sending you home right after a car accident to take care of somebody else who's just gotten in a car accident. You know, like we're both, him and I are both messed up from the experience and he's so new to the world and I'm healing and it's like now care for him in the midst of healing yourself. Anyways, um, but when I look at him, I think I just want more than anything in the world, I just want him to feel so unbelievably loved. Like even on the days when I'm struggling to show up, as my as like as best as I would want. I just want him to have everything in the world and know that he is so loved and that he is the apple of our eye, maybe <laughs> just yours.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no no, I agree. I think you know, I think what's interesting and and I guess this is where I'd like to kind of close where I'm at something I'm still discovering is the balance between self-care which is very focused on making sure that I'm in a good place so that I am in a place that I can be able to take care of others, right? The put the oxygen mask on yourself first, like kind of mentality, like that self-care. And the care towards the community. It's, I think it's very easy to, to sway in either direction, but it's not an either or. It's not all about self-care for me and it's not all about and the community in this case is our family. It's you, it's this house, it's Neo, it's it's all the things that that we need to do to like be in the be in a solid space as a unit. That care. And then there's the self-care of myself. And so it's like finding the right rhythm with that is kind of what I'm continuing to discover. Hmm. And it's more complicated when a being comes in, like Neo, and a kid is there, an infant, who literally needs their care, tilts it so much towards the family Mm -hmm. self-care, towards the the care of the community. Because that's like another thing that adds so much weight on that end, that you really have to be hyper-efficient on the other end. Mm -hmm. Or slack some on that end to get by and then but then what I've found myself is like I've slacked so much on that end I have to kind of pay more attention to it to bring it back up so
1: can I ask you one last question sure are you happy with your role in this family
0: am I happy with my role in this family yes I am happy with my role in this family I think sometimes I have frustrations with it but overall I'm happy with it and
1: are the frustrations that you wish that I would do more
0: you always ask me, what can I do to support you? And I'll answer a variety of ways. But one of the kind of most consistent things that I'll answer answer is just take care of yourself. You know, like, you, everything that you need to get this, get that, like, you handle that, you know. Sometimes I think the frustrations are when, I guess you in this case, but this is in general, like, just Just do it. Like, figure it out. You know, problem solve yourself because that's just what I'm going to do. That's what else. Yeah. Sometimes I get frustrated with those little things. Mm
1: -hmm. All right.
0: All right. I love you, babe. Love you, too.
1: Thanks, y'all, for listening and participating. We always have a great time with you.
0: And if you enjoy the podcast, please go online and rate, review, share this with your friends. This is the way that we build this community. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.